Are you tired of hearing people complain about the world and ready to own the responsibility to make the world a better place? Hey, my name is Brent Simpson and welcome to this episode of Creating the Future. I believe that within each of us is a yearning to make the world a better place. So let's work together and make that desire a reality. My hope is that today's conversation inspires you as you endeavor to create the future. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, if you are watching this compared to listening to this, then you know that I have a new studio now, so it looks a little better behind me, and uh, hopefully it makes a little better experience for you. Really excited about this podcast coming up today. If you haven't noticed, if you're living in a cave somewhere, right, and you're still somehow listening to this podcast, uh, we are in an election year, and politics galore, and voting registration invites galore, and people hating one another, and division, and all this going on. And so I'm inviting on to the podcast today one of our local politicians who's running for office for the first time by the name of Michael Owen. He's a state representative for District 59. Uh, Michael is a friend of mine and I just wanted to hear the behind the scenes of politics and I really think you're going to love this episode today because most of us see what happens in front of the cameras and we see what the news shows us. But these politicians are real life people behind the scenes. And I wanted to get behind the scenes and just find out what is it really like to be running for office. And, and it's less, uh, in this case, and you'll hear, but it's, it's less about uh, voting for Michael, although, uh, you know, I think he's a great candidate myself, but it's less about voting for Michael and more about just the fact that he is putting himself out there. And I encourage Republicans, Democrats, independents, everybody to go out there and strive to change the future, to create a better future. That's really what this is about. And so oftentimes we say things like, like, man, I, I'm sick of politicians. I wish somebody else better would run for office. Or we say, oh, maybe I'll run for office one day. Maybe I'll do this thing. But we never actually do it. Michael's a guy who's doing it. He's putting himself in harm's way. People are attacking him on every side, but yet he's doing his best to help create a better future. And so without further ado, let's uh, jump into this conversation with my friend, Michael Owen. All right. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be with my good friend, Michael Owen, and uh, so proud of what he's doing. And before we ever get into the politics of this, we have to share this because he is a legend, right, in Little League Baseball in this area. Uh, because all the way back in 1990, when he was 14 years old, you guys went to the Little League World Series. Like, right. the World Series, the big World Series. Right. Hey, tell, tell, tell me about that real fast. That, that's a unique yeah. Sure. Well, I grew up at the ballpark at South Brandon Little League at the time. And, uh, you know, we had really competitive teams. As a matter of fact, Hillsborough County always had really competitive teams. I would argue that we didn't face a more competitive team until we were playing regions when we played Kentucky. Because uh, uh, what happens is in Little League, you win your state and then you become, you represent Florida and then you have to win the South and you become USA South and there's USA North, USA East. So uh, we were fortunate enough to win and uh, go to the Little League World Series. Uh, we played uh, Taiwan. We, we got beat pretty good uh, by them, uh, but it was still a real honor in Little League for us to represent our little hometown. You got to remember back then, Brandon was a small little town with not much population. So, uh, you know, you're talking about everybody knows each other in town. The whole community comes out to support you. Uh, and it was a really neat experience seeing ourselves on TV and all that kind of stuff. 
So, so maybe for you, that's where politics really began, right? You get to see yourself on TV. Everybody's there, you know, holding signs for you or whatever. Uh, maybe the roots were put in there. No, I, w- I would argue you're right in one sense. You yeah. learn a lot about politics in Little League sports. That goes for uh, whether you're playing Little League football, baseball, basketball, and you, you, you play uh, sports too. Right, so, right. you know, you learn a lot about politics because it's very involved in, 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 high, in Little League and even high school sports. Right, right. Yeah, that's cool. All right. So let's talk about this for a second. And before we let you kind of share about your own campaign, I just yeah. want to dive into the behind the scenes. So, so this podcast is called Creating the Future. And it's really to dive into people's minds who are literally taking something from an idea, a thought into actually making something happen. And man, I can't tell you how many people I've heard over the years that said something along the lines of, man, I should run for political office or, you know, all these politicians are horrible. And, you know, I wish, you know, somebody good would get in there and those kind of statements, but they never actually do anything about it, which... Mm-hmm personally, is one of those things that we're trying to combat with this podcast. We want people to actually act on these things, not just talk about these things. So, so first of all, what made you, or I could even ask this of anyone, like, like what would make anybody want to get in politics, especially right now? Like we live in this world right now. I mean, my goodness, like politicians are getting toasted and, and, and just, you know, uh, destroyed. Yeah. Like, like what made you want to get into politics? Yeah, I'd argue you have to have a mental defect to even get into this in the first place. So, but honestly, because, Pastor, because of what you're saying, I think now more than ever we need good people in politics because um, our world has turned upside down. I tell people when I when I filed the run, you, you got to remember I filed the run about a year and four months ago. Okay, uh, at that time. Uh, unemployment was the lowest it had ever been in my lifetime. We were in a golden age of our economy. Uh, things were going about as good as they could possibly go, right? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I guess the Lord has an interesting way of uh, putting more in my path. And he says, no, you're going to actually run during the exact opposite of that, where we have a, a really tough economy. And, uh, and obviously people in our, in our district, not just our district, our state and our country are really hurting now. So I would say, you know, now more than ever, uh, we need uh, people that are in politics for the right reasons, okay? I really believe in our founding fathers and their vision for this country, and I don't believe that public service should be a profession, okay? I love what I do. I love my small business. Uh, Obviously, the reason that I I am a person of faith, and one of the reasons that I'm doing this is I feel called. Uh, The other reason is that the community has really pushed me to do this. I was raised in this district. Uh, It's home for me. I've been there since 1976. Uh, my parents moved to Brandon the year of my birth, and uh, I take things personally for my district. And, um, you know, I, I feel like now more than ever, we need good people. We need Christians in politics, for sure. Uh, so, um, you know, why would anyone want to do this or why am I doing this? Um, you know, one, I feel called and, you know, two, I've been a community person my whole life. I've, I've represented the not-for-profits. I'm involved with the not-for-profits yeah. and I represent the small businesses. And I, I love the saying that, you know, the small businesses are the backbone of our community, but the not-for-profits are the heart of our community. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm doing this because I want to give back to the community that's given so much to me. But, but I, I do think you, you definitely do have to have something wrong with you if you want to do this, because I've learned so much through this process, Pastor, uh, that, um, you know, you, you, the, the devil will attack you from directions that you had no idea existed. Yeah. And this is a state house seat, okay? I'm not running for governor. I'm not running right, for president. Right, right. Senator. So I can imagine what people go through on even the United States congressional level 
Um, you know, your family um, is all is up for grabs too. You'll get attacked from every direction, and it's uh, it doesn't affect me that much, honestly. But it does impact my family. Uh, it hurts them more. Just like you know, if someone says something about you, Pastor, you kind of shrug it off. You may even laugh at it, you know. Mm-hmm. But if they say something about your kids, your wife, your sister, your brother, you yeah. take it a little different way. So, um, you know, I will tell people. I don't want to discourage people. We need good people in office. And let me tell you something. If you made mistakes in your life, because guess what, we all have. We've all made mistakes in our life. And uh, don't let that discourage you. But make sure it's flesh and it's out there. You know, we have these consultants, <laughs> these professionals. That, yeah, it's almost like I tell people, your consultant's just like your doctor. Uh, you let them know everything because if you don't, it's going to catch you by surprise. But now more than ever, we need good people in politics. I'm running because I love this community and I just want to give back. I, I love my practice. I don't plan on being a career politician. I plan to do public service for a period of time and yeah. come back to my professional life because that's what I believe public service was designed for. Yeah, well, you kind of you you hit on this a little bit. So the last year and four months have been really chaotic for you. It started out a little easier as you're getting closer to November third. My goodness, I, I see your schedule a little bit. You are all over the place. It is controlling of you. Uh, so, so I'm curious, what is something that you've learned behind the scenes that all of us who are not behind the scenes wouldn't see? Like, like if somebody's running for office, like what what's going on behind that? You're like, oh, I did not expect this to happen. You know, besides COVID, obviously. But yeah, yeah. But, well, yeah. I would say, uh, you know, special interests. You hear all people talking about people, politicians are bought and paid for, right? All that kind of stuff. But you don't really know how it works until you actually run for office. Right. And, uh, you know, I would tell you that, um, you know, a lot of these special interest groups have really good things in mind, right? Uh, health care, whether you're talking about health care, whether you're talking about our roads, whether you're talking about uh, our environment, there are special interests that have a really good purpose that you have to sit down and weigh the options and see how it affects your state and your community. And um, I can tell you, I've been pleasantly surprised by the people that are advocates for uh, for their causes that that come to me and just want to explain why it's important that we uh, the legislature acts on this X, Y, and Z for them. Uh, for example, I met with Moffitt and Baycare, and you know the sad part about what's happened with COVID is, thank God we have a four billion dollar budget, and the you know the Republican have been in control and have done have been real stewards of our of our money. Uh, I haven't been a part of that, obviously, uh, so I'm not taking any credit for that. But um, but you know, I, I spoke with Moffitt, and uh, you know, they know their budget's going to get cut. Well, that you know, that's stuff that's innovative stuff for curing cancer. And you know, I would say one of the biggest you know wake up calls for me are are is that you know, I'm not just representing my district. I'm going to be making votes and decisions that impact people's lives in Jacksonville, Miami, and Pensacola. And uh, you want, it's an awesome responsibility, you know? So I would tell, tell people, be ready for that, that, that responsibility and be, be serious about it because state house is considered a part-time job and it is not. I mean, you, you'll be in session for a few months, but if you want to draft bills and you want to hear out the, the things that are important to your district and your community, you need to have the time for it. So, um, you know, it, it, it says it's a part-time job. It's really more like a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. How about this question? So, so far, and you know, you haven't even been elected yet, but you're just going through the campaign, which is my goodness, a whole, you know, network of things unto itself. So, so far, what is the best part of running and what is the worst part of running? Sure. Yeah, I would say the best part of running are uh, even the new relationships that I've made. You know, I thought, Pastor, I knew everyone in my district. I'm from this community. 
really, I know about a thousand people, if that, and we have so many people that live in our district that I've been able to hear out, whether they're Republicans, Democrats, or independents, because look, we're not always right on our side. They're not always right on their side. The whole point is collaboration and, you know, and getting together and figuring out where, what that right answer is. In our district's what's called a purple district pastor. So what that basically means is we got a pretty even number of Republicans and Democrats and about twenty to 30,000 independents that determine our election. I think that's wonderful. You know, I, I really do. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it wouldn't be nice to live in a, <laughs> a really easy district to win. But at the same time, it is great that I have to listen to all the ideas on both sides. Because one, it will impact, you know, whether or not I get fired if I win. But two, you know, you got to be in my district, you got to be kind of all encompassing and understand the issues on all sides. Mm-hmm. Um, because I and I think that's really, really critical. Um, and, 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 you know, my district is it's changed so much in the last, say, 10 years. Yeah. Uh, so but but I welcome it. I think it's great. And uh, and that's been a real pleasant surprise is making all these new relationships in our community that I thought I had that I, I really didn't have. Um, one of the most discouraging things are the, the nasty part of politics. You know, unfortunately, you know, whenever you look like you're a front runner in a race, um, people are going to attack you and say things that just mm-hmm. frankly aren't true. And it, it, it can upset people, upset you, where you're saying, well, this is an actual false statement that they're making and they know it. Uh, well, what are you going to do? You're going to file a lawsuit in the middle of your election. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and believe it or not, you know, you're, even though I'm not a public figure, I've thrown myself into the public ring. So the other thing I say is if you're not thick skin and you can't handle it, don't run for office uh, because it's going to happen to you where you're going to get attacked unfairly. Uh, that's happened to me. I'm not complaining about it. I'm a big boy. I can take it. Uh, but that's probably been one of the most discouraging things. Or and, and the other part of it is probably, uh, you know, I'm not a big social media person. I don't have Instagram. I don't have Twitter. Uh, I've got Facebook because I literally have to have it for my campaign. Yeah. I used to check my Facebook once or twice, you know, maybe every couple days. Now I got to check it every hour, two hours, and answer questions. And Pastor, you wouldn't believe some of the awful things people say to you or the messages they send uh, that that have true hatred in their heart for you just because you may be aligned on a certain issue. Uh, they even attack your faith, which was a real surprising thing for me uh, that people will actually attack the fact that you're a Christian. And I know that's been going on since biblical times, uh, but at the same time, it, it it's just uh, it didn't seem like that would be something that I would face that people would actually look down on me or it would be a, a, a hit to me politically because I'm very out there with my faith, but it has been, it has been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, 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 that's a tough one because um, as soon as you get in the public eye, your faith and everything, you know, there's nothing off limits. Everything gets attacked. Right. So, yeah. so let, let's shift it slightly with that same idea though. I think there's a human nature tendency when it comes to leaders to either deify or crucify our leaders. So we either act like they're gods and they're the greatest things ever, or we act like they're the devil and the worst things ever. And it's human nature. And America is getting even worse and worse about it as we become more, uh, you know, segregated into our own little pockets of, of echo chambers where we're hearing the same people say the same things. Yeah. And so we end up thinking, you know, these people are the greatest or the worst. They're gods or they're villains. Um, but at the end of the day, they're humans. Right. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they, they don't have all the answers. They, you know, and it's really easy to play Monday morning quarterback with any politician, but they're trying to figure this stuff out, especially right now in COVID, mm-hmm. just like everybody else. Yet we attack them so with, with so much venom so so often. Uh, and then the other thing happens is that people praise them like they're like they're superheroes, like they're gods, 
Yeah. Neither one of those are true. Can you speak to that for a moment? Just the kind yeah, of humanity yeah. of politicians and Absolutely. how that affects a politician. Yeah, um, I, and, and the answer to that is they're not gods or villains. They're neither. They're just like you. I mean, I, I'm no better than anybody else. I've just deter- decided to throw my hat in the ring to represent my district. Uh, there are people in this community that are better than me, that are may- maybe more qualified than me, but they choose not to do it, And uh, which is a shame because a lot of people don't throw their hat in the ring because they don't want to be a part of that whole vitriol and that whole concept that you may be vil- villainized. So, and I understand it. I understand it. Um, but you know, what I would say to that is, you know, and obviously my perspective has changed, uh, you know, even Democrats or, or people that are independents, um, I, I won't criticize people probably in the same manner that I did before. Uh, I used to be one of those people that maybe on social media would take a shot at somebody. And, um, you know, a lot of the times now that I look back, I see how unfair that is. And, you know, if we could just all look, they're always going to be out there, the people that are going to. Uh, you know, take shots at you regardless of what you do. I mean, I remember when uh, they were choosing, uh, uh, President Trump was choosing the Supreme Court justice. It was out of, out of two people and they had attacks ready on both sides. Right. Didn't matter who it was. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you do everything right, which you're not going to do. Look, these politicians and leaders aren't perfect. But the good thing about that is, is on the state side, we have term limits. And we have elections every two years on the state side as well. So if I'm not doing the job that my community wants, guess what? I get fired. Uh, So I think that's one of the beauties of it. Uh, One of the things that I can't stand are, you know, career politicians. I mean, you literally have it these days where some of these congressmen and congresswomen are being wheeled in on wheelchairs where they can't even walk. They've been there for 30, 40 years and they can't even walk to get to their uh, to to their assigned seat. So, you know, I think that's a real defect um, in, in, in our in our system of government. But. Uh, but again, you know, the way that we treat our elected officials, uh, if you think that it doesn't doesn't hurt them personally, I can tell you it does, because I, I'm laid awake at night with some of the comments that are said about me personally, um, you know, questioning myself. I mean, if, the, if a politician saying they don't do that, they're lying to you. Uh, but fortunately, you know, when we're people of faith, you know, we're able to take all those burdens and all that self-doubt, which is going to happen even if you are a Christian, and we just can put it on him and start over. So, uh, that's that's really you know my the good thing about uh, having faith in, in in politics or just in life in general is that we can shift that burden away from us and uh, yeah. and and that's my advice to anyone who wants to run for politics uh, because <laughs> you will be tested and you're not a villain whether you're a Democrat or a Republican yeah. you're not a villain um, and you're not a god you know you're not a god either yeah, and both of those are temptations yeah. even for the person to accept they become sure. the bad guy they become depressed yeah. or they become yeah. the arrogant conceited narcissistic one sure. both of those sure. are temptations. Mm-hmm. all right let's talk about voting for a second uh so we all know that that americans need to vote um i i personally made a post about this uh at the time of this recording i think it was last night and uh and it was interesting the response of people responding back because we're in this election year and it's like, you need to vote, you need to vote, you need to vote, you need to vote. And everywhere we turn, I'm seeing a sign or something. Uh, Facebook has it constantly sending notifications. Have you registered to vote yet? Have you registered to vote yet? And I simply made a post and and basically everybody agreed with me that goes, listen, if you're so immature that you have to be reminded 6,000 times to vote, you're probably too immature to actually vote, right? So because you need to actually be a knowledgeable person, you need to know the parties, you need to understand, not just fall in line with, with a group because of the way your parents did or your grandparents or the neighborhood you live in or, or the church that you attend, 
but actually study the issues yourself, become knowledgeable yourself, and then you go choose to vote. But if, if I got to be reminded 6,000 times to vote, I'm pretty confident if that's what it takes to get me to vote, I probably haven't actually studied any of the issues. So just talk about being a knowledgeable voter and what that means to you. Yeah, and I would tell you, this is a great subject because, um, you know, I would tell you if you're a registered Democrat, a registered Republican, or an NPA with no party affiliation, uh, to really look at the person that you're voting for. Look, these parties over time have changed so much on what their values are, what they stand for. I always tell people, my grandparents were, they were Democrats. They were uh, FDR, uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, union people. My, my, one of my grandfathers worked for cast iron and steel in the unions. My other one was a mechanic. They did not make a lot of money uh, and they were union people. Um, today, I feel like they'd be Republicans uh, just because of the change in the, in the party. Uh, and that's not every Democrat. There are so many Democrats that I've met here through this process that uh, are, are kind of moderate. I get accused of being moderate myself. Uh, I don't know if that's fair or not. But, you know, working with both sides, through both sides of the aisle, especially in the state of Florida, where we are one of those states, you know, that's why they call us a toss-up state, right? We're, we're a battleground state, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio. And the reason it is is because we've got that blend of people that uh, may not say I'm going to vote straight down the party line. I would encourage you not to do that. I would encourage you to know the person you're voting for, know what they stand for, uh, know that they're just going to tote the party line or if they're going to represent your community or your district. Remember, I represent dis if I win, I will represent District 59. We have different needs than District 70 and District 80. Right. So my job is to go there for my district and say, hey, our, our roads off 301 are, are a nightmare, the exits. We need funding for that, okay? Uh, we need to make sure we have budgeting so our doctors can get to St. Joe's Hospital. That's a, that's a unique issue to our district. Uh, we need funding. We need to be a, create more vocational opportunities So um, for, for our district so you don't have to drive all the way out to Tampa Bo Tech for vocational skills. So what I would say is don't vote party line. Take a look at, the, at your candidates. Make sure that they're going to represent your district in a way that's going to benefit not just you but the people and the residents around you. Uh, you know, that's why I think I'm that candidate in that race. It's not a, a knock on my opponent. He's a nice guy. Um, we just have different philosophies for our district. And uh, so that, I think it's important that you, you take a look at that rather than just voting down the party line. And the last aspect to it is to get to your, your point on educating voters. There's a lot of things that's hard for our voters to be educated on. Okay. People call me, I, I'm an attorney by trade. Um, and, and people call me when these judges are up for election or they're, do we retain an appellate court judge? Well, how in the world are, are, is, does anyone know anything about the appellate court? Uh, they don't even know where it's located. Most people right. don't even know where it's located. Yeah. So um, people are voting on things that uh, they feel uncomfortable about or they don't know. I tell people, don't blindly vote on something, especially amendments and things that you don't understand. You know, vote on the, the issues that you understand. Uh, talk to somebody that's knowledgeable, but be careful with that. They may be knowledgeable on the subject matter, but they may be influenced in your vote in a certain way. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously people of faith can go to their, you know, the United Christians Coalition, and they can go to those resources that are available to them to say, okay, if I'm a person of faith, how should I vote? That's just a guide. That's not telling you to do that. I'm not telling you to do that. But there's, there are guides available for people uh, to, to, to vote that may not be keen on judges and, uh, and amendments and water and soil and certain county commissioners, you know. So I would encourage people to go to those resources. 
Yeah, that's so good. Well, you you may have already started to answer this question a little bit already, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, So you just mentioned, so I think it's your grandparents, you said were Democrats. It's not that uh, it's not Republicans are angels and, you know, and Democrats are demons. We've just discussed all that, but you have chosen to align yourself with the Republican Party. Why is that? Like what chose you? Why why did you align yourself with Republicans instead of Democrats? Yeah, yeah. The reason, and I've been aligned, to be fair, I've been a Republican uh, since I was 18 years old, okay? So the reason I chose the Republican Party is not because of my parents or, of course, grandparents. They were Democrats. I believe that those ideals line up with my beliefs and what I represent. So, um, um, quite frankly, do I think that uh, our Democrats, Christian, of course, or will there be Democrats in heaven? Yes, there'll be Democrats and Republicans in heaven. Um, but I do believe that the Republican Party aligns a little more with my faith, which I think is the, is the cornerstone of who I am. I'm not perfect at all. There are flaws I have. I sin. Uh, I sin. I'll sin again. Okay, uh, for sure. Um, but um, but I definitely think that. Uh, the Republican Party aligns more with with my faith. And obviously, I'm a small government person. I don't believe uh, that government should um, raise your kids. I believe that parents should be empowered to raise their kids, decide where their kids go to school. Uh, I'm a big school choice person, okay? Um, And so all those ideals on the Republican side with limiting the role of government in your lives, uh, preserving the Bill of Rights and the First, Second Amendment, uh, you know, those are important to me. And that's why I align myself with the Republican Party. Now, to be safe, is the Republican Party always right? No, we're not, you know. And that's why we have to listen to the other side. And, you know, there, there's a real nastiness going on uh, in politics now where, look, I remember when Newt Gingrich and Bill Clinton balanced the budget together. Okay, they didn't agree on policy, but they got along. And I fear that right now there's such a division between our, our, our leadership and our, our, the sides, the Republicans and Democrats, that that working together could be close to being over. So yeah. we're at a very, very critical time uh, right now in our country. And, you know, like I told people, um, you know, I, 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 Pastor, that, you know, I am a person of faith. I don't hide behind it. And I do understand there's a separation of church and state, okay? But I do believe that we are a, a, a Christian nation found on those principles. It's, it's in our founding documents, it's in our pledge. Heck, it's on our money, you know? So, um, so I do understand that we have that separation, but at the same time, you know, we need to, we need to look to God more than ever during this time. And I believe that we should have leaders uh, in office that are people of faith, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, uh, you know, we need to have leaders uh, in, in office that are people of faith. Yeah. Well, there's been, you know, presidential proclamations for days of prayer and things over and over and over throughout history, especially in the early days. Let me just ask this, and maybe I'll comment on it a little bit as well, but we have this tremendous amount of disunity in the United States, which is a cancer to our nation. We all lose in this setting, and it weakens everything, and it's a tremendous amount of disunity. How do, how, how do you or how does any politician, how do we start to bridge these divides and have honest conversations? What, what is your opinion on that? Yeah, it's tolerance on both sides. Um, you know, I think that, you know, we have to be willing. Uh, for example, I, I've been endorsed by the PBA and the firefighters, our first responders, right? right. And obviously, we got a ton of civil unrest going on. I know this is a touchy subject, but I talk about it because I have their ear uh, and they have mine, obviously. And, you know, they say, look, Michael, you know, we are all for having, you know, social workers and that component going out to, to people's homes, uh, you know. Our, our police officers can get some training, but 
We're not mental health professionals. So, but we're, we get what's going on. We, we see what's happened in other states and we see that. We, we want to be better. We want to make sure that doesn't happen in Hillsborough County. And the problem is, is that bridging that gap, we need to have leaders on the Democrat and Republican side that are willing to come to the table to discuss this like adults. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, unfortunately, Pastor, there are people on both sides that ignite these, this hatred and they want to divide us. When we can take these horrible instances, like what happened to, uh, to, to George, uh, Mr. Floyd, we can take those instances, we can learn from it, and we can make ourselves better. And um, the, the, I can tell you our first responders are all about, okay? Um, but whenever you use touchy subject and words like defund police and things like that, it starts to divide us. And what we, when what we need to do right now is come to the table, you know, pray first, but then listen to both sides and we can all learn from each other. Look, I've learned a lot, you know. Uh, I've learned a lot over this period of this last year of things that I, I took for granted, you know. Um, so, um, so that's what we need to do. We need to learn from both sides rather than this, this whole hatred and betrayal and not to mention letting certain people, you know, control. The, look, I believe that uh, there, are, there, are, there are people out there that are um, – paying people to go out there and start problems in our community. Okay. And, and that's what we, that's what we need to flesh out because that, that hatred needs to end right now today, if possible. Now I know that's a pipe dream, uh, but I, I sure think that we can all come to the table because like I told you in that example, you know, our first responders, they, they want to work with the community, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I, and I think that that starts with our leaders bringing people together and, and that's important to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I think if we're not careful, people can naturally be sheep, which is a, obviously a biblical reference, but it's just true. Yeah. And people will follow in crowds and mobs and, and follow because they're not thinking for themselves. And anytime we get into an election year and the division, we need to start thinking for ourselves. And I think part of bridging it is the more we're divided we get, the more we see the other person as the enemy and everything they say is wrong, which is just not true. Not true. Truth mm -hmm. is that we actually agree on the fundamental thing in the middle, virtually everybody agrees with, even on the extreme things, uh, you know, like abortion, right? Like mm -hmm. there's no abortion people that want to kill babies. Like they're not going out wanting people to kill babies. They want to protect mothers. But there's also no people that are against abortion that don't care about the mothers, right? Mm -hmm. We care about the mother and we care about the baby. And with all these different issues, you know, with racial tension and with the economic things, like we all want to fix it but we have to come together on that mutual ground that says, Hey, we all know we have to spend less and, you know, and take in more, right? <laughs> Money works that way. Right. Our budget. Yeah. Uh, all these different issues. We, we generally de demonize the other party to the point that we can't even, we can't even agree that we have the fundamental, which is almost, I mean, I'm gonna say almost, I think it is always the case that we actually want what's best for America. We yeah. want what's best for our community. Now we have different views on how to do that, but you okay. got to start with that, that middle ground of we actually both want what's best. We just are coming at it two different directions. Let's talk mm -hmm. about it and see where we can work together. I like that. And you know, this, the, what I always like to tell people now more than ever, you know, we just got to remember that, you know, we may be registered a certain way as Democrats, Republicans and independents, but, but that's, that can't define who we are. You know, we, we got to define ourselves as brothers and sisters in Christ and, you know, sons and daughters of the most high God. And, you know, I feel like if we can just start there, uh, we'll find that common ground because 
I think we can all agree on 90 something percent of this, of these issues that, that, Hey, that's wrong. That's right. That's wrong. That's right. Uh, I think that the majority of things, like, I think that's going to your point, pastor, that we can agree on. And then for those things we can't agree on, well, the elections have consequences, you know? And uh, so, so that's why it's important on those issues that, that uh, your particular candidates won't agree on because they're going to always be there educate yourself on that and vote for the person that is more aligned with your way of thinking. If you're, if you're in there voting blindly, you're not doing yourself any favors. I can tell you. So, yeah. All right. Well, I invited you on the podcast, so I'm going to give you your, your, you know, your 30, 60 second spiel. Why should somebody vote for Michael Owen, somebody in district 59, which is the Brandon community, the greater Brandon area, basically. Yeah. Well, well, like I kind of alluded to before, uh, you know, I, I was raised here in the community. It's, it's very personal to me. It's not, uh, I, I don't have really any, um, I, I'm not doing this to run for governor or Congress or to be president. I just want to represent this district. Yeah. And I think that's an important component. Take a look at your, your, the people that are running for office. See if they've run before and they've run for higher office and, and now they're trying to run for lower office. I think it's important to understand that when you elect somebody that they're going to fight in Tallahassee or Washington, D.C. for you, not for themselves. That's where I'm at. I've already represented this community for a long time. If I don't win, I will continue to represent this community, whether I'm in Tallahassee or I'm right here in Brandon, Florida. So, um, you know, God is my compass. I'm going to fight for, uh, for for our basic rights when it comes to our, our, our personal liberties. I will always fight for us. And I can tell you that um, if you are a Democrat or an independent out there, I am a Republican, but I'm going to listen to all sides in the matter, because like I said, I know that we're not always right, too. So. I think this is an important time for us all to uh, galvanize together. And I believe I'm the person that can do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. All right. Well, we started out talking about, about your little league baseball journey here. Here's what I want to end with, because I think this is powerful. First of all, I want to say, I I hope you win. um, And I would love to see you win, but I want to end with this illustration because you guys went all the way to the world series, all the way to the end. And then you lost to, who did you say? Uh, Taiwan lost to to Taiwan Taiwan after all the way there, but nobody looked at you and went, you guys are losers when you got home. In fact, you're so celebrated in the little league, Brandon park. You got your name on a, on a plaque there with all the players from that team. They celebrated the very fact that you tried the very fact that you went that far is something worth celebrating. And as we have this creating the future podcast, listen, it's not always about winning. Sometimes it's about going after it. Sometimes it's about doing your best and doing your best to make a difference and create the future, create something better. Sometimes that is the win, the very fact that you went that far and nobody looks at somebody as a loser who's really trying to um, impact the future and made a, make the world a better place. And so, uh, yeah, Michael, I support you, man. Um, I support you for putting yourself in in harm's way. I celebrate you uh, putting yourself out there and and I can't imagine all the, the stuff that's being said about you, even as a, a local small time pastor, I know the stuff that gets said about me, right? Sure. I'm like, I'm yeah. a pretty even kill guy. So I can't even imagine your world. And, uh, but I'm really, really proud of you, man. And I love the fact that you're going after it and creating the future. Yeah, no, that's great. And, you know, we, we imagine a world where, you know, we actually pray for our opponents. And if we lose, we actually, you know, contact our opponents and say, look, I'm, I'm on your side. I'm rooting for you. Our community's spoken. So uh, I'm on your side and praying for you every day. And I can tell you, uh, I hope to win, but if I don't, that will be my sentiment uh, with my opponent. So, wow, what a, what a great way to end right there! Imagine a world where we actually prayed for our opponents. That's right, I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. All right, well, God bless you, Pastor. Thank you. All right, God bless you.
I hope you enjoyed this conversation today, and I especially hope it added value to you. If you enjoyed it, would you do me a favor and give us a five-star rating on your podcast provider? It really helps to get the word out. And of course, if you share this content with your friends, that would be great too. And until next time, I hope you continue creating a better future. I look forward to being with you again soon.